All right. Do we want to kick this off? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, so I have my emergency recording. I don't know if you do. It doesn't matter. Um, no, it's I'm been, not going to have it today. <laughs> that's what I figured. It, it's been pretty reliable. Um, wait, I'm knock. I'm guessing that's wood. We're good. Um, I, I, my, my audio recording streams have been pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. I caught, before I recorded, an issue where um, OBS just didn't think my secondary audio source was an audio source. So mm -hmm. just like, yeah, there's no sound coming out of this. It's like, but, but it's right there. Uh, so who knows? I, I, you, you never know. I, I blame windows. I um, often blame windows. <laughs> well, yep. why do it easy one way? We can you do it really complicated 50 ways. Yeah. And then well, you can change windows. it in the next software update. Oh my God. Like that. What was the other one I was complaining about? Oh, Amazon, Amazon completely always changing their UX. Like every time I go in, it's a, I feel like they just turn over another UX person like every month and like I'm gonna make my stamp here. Yeah. I'm gonna remove this icon that was useful for eighty percent of the people. <laughs> yeah. And now you need to find it nine layers deep. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is maybe a cynical part of me, but it feels like that um, UX and dev to some extent, uh, especially like PMs. Um, mm -hmm. they need to justify their existence. It's like, look, we have this thing. <laughs> it's like nearing feature complete. Holy shit, we have to redo this. <laughs> that's so true. It's a, that's 100% true. I was literally thinking about this the other day. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm very certain that's what Apple is doing lately. Like their their OS updates have been abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> just gosh, just can you fix fix it the one time? That's why you have beta, use beta for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um, the the pattern that we've been doing for like yeah. topics, mm -hmm. um, is basically like it cycles through whoever like the last part like the last person who chose can't choose again. Um, okay. So it's been really fun for me because out of the last five episodes, I've chosen two topics, um, oh, nice. and it's going to expand again because you haven't been on for a while. So right. I suggest that you suggest a topic. Okay. Um, I was looking at the list briefly before I got on, and I think the one I like the most because this actually rolls into another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately hmm. is the um, oil and gas companies. Mm -hmm. to uh, topic. Well, can you read that to me again? Like what exactly that was? It was, uh, what if... Car and oil companies did not force infrastructure... Wait. Yes. Did not force infrastructure in full drilling towns, i.e. mass transit flows in cities where everything was... Wa oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a long sentence, but yes. So, it to squeeze it down a little bit, uh, I was thinking more along the lines. So j just to go along with that. Uh, so, and I want to make sure I understand the concept right to make sure that my thoughts are going to move forward with this. Well, they probably won't. I'm going to derail a train in 35 seconds. That's just how my head works anyway. I mean, that's kind of half this podcast. So. Fair enough. There's just masters of derailing conversations. Uh, yeah. The, uh, so my understanding is, so if the oil and drilling companies did not force those specific towns that eventually died off and just allowed 
the natural uh, so everything to be walkable suburbs weren't really a thing there are it's more mass transit everywhere high-speed rail eventually um, and just more electrified rail or subway or something like that expanded beyond what we currently have exactly yeah all the okay. things that like we have now with like car culture mm -hmm. too that just never happened all right uh, I love this so nice to start this off uh, well we I have will, to do intros I, and oh that's right yes, yes I forgot my see I've been out of this long time first I heard that there was a silent coup that was attempted here yeah and I understand I understand there was a silent coup I understand the show must go on I absolutely understand that but I'll be damned I will be <laughs> damned if I'm gonna let some dude from Kentucky take over <laughs> <laughs> love you Matt uh, yeah. for, uh, those so, who, right, uh, for maybe the one ahead. or two people who don't know us um, personally uh, we all used to work together at unnamed company um, yes. and uh, yeah we've been we've been good at you know redacting that or not mentioning <laughs> it um, yes but we worked for a while at unnamed company all of us did yes some, uh, some are still there that's true <laughs> long time yeah by the way congratulations on the fullness of the beard are you going zz top oh or thanks it... um yeah i'm going zero effort uh and it's working yep. out great so far that's um, awesome it's looking good thanks yeah because i i do absolutely nothing to maintain it oh i've been trying to shape it a little just just shape it a little bit to, to make my face look not so fat that's the goal is just thin nice. my face out yeah well it but, looks uh, good all right. uh, so starting out with introductions. Hello, everyone. I am Dave. He, him. Yes, and I am Rob. He, him. And I'm going to do something that we are very bad at on this podcast and uh, telling people to please, well, asking people to please, if you like this podcast, please leave a review on Spotify. I think I think Google may have that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if Pocket Casts. Uh, I think Apple, Apple Podcasts absolutely does. Yes. Um, and we do have listeners on those platforms. Uh, if you don't like this podcast, send it to somebody you don't like. Uh, you know, and if you do like it, of course, send it to somebody you do like. And uh, yeah, this could end up being a good revenge podcast in the end. You know, someone you really don't like. If you really don't like this, you know, they won't like it. By all means, send it. Leave a comment. Good, bad, or ugly, we we can take it. I got thick skin on Tuesdays, so yeah. it'll be it, it, perfectly exactly. fine. And if we ever release this to YouTube, um, which we could, I'm recording video. Um, you know, we we um, we'll, we'll always take shit posts. Um, you know, engagement always. is engagement. Feel free to downvote, upvote. There's no math. We'll take vote. all. Yeah. I, I, oh, that would be. No, that's a that's a topic right there. The math vote. We definitely should have one day a podcast on the math vote. Hundred percent. Yes. Is it a fair thing? Will that be the overwhelming majority of votes on yeah, whatever exactly. media platform you're on? <laughs> Very popular on the neutral planet. <laughs> Meh. Uh, <laughs> can we put my in the presidential vote? In the <laughs> There's actually a movement civic... to have a none of the above option. Yeah. Just meh. Yeah. <laughs> that's another that's another one we need to talk about. That'd be great. Uh, what else for intros? Anything else? 
Uh, let's see. Um, well, we, we got the topic. Uh, we yep. got the names. Mm-hmm. We, we got the pronouns. This uh, week's episode brought to you by Fuzzy Pillows. Hey. Go buy your fuzziest pillow that you can buy at the Fuzzy Pillow Store. Now open Mondays through Fridays in Gorgabum on Gubbergum Road. <laughs> and uh, no comment on whether any Wookiees were harmed in the making of those pillows. No, this is, uh, I, I can guarantee you this is Wookiee-free? <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right. So, kicking this off? Am I kicking this off? Are you starting that? Who's starting this? This is going so well. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this is this is the standard, you know. This we, is, I love it. We slowly improve over each episode. Mm-hmm. You know, we have reasonable audio now. Um mm-hmm. We, we have, you know, the standard plugs. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think since you picked a topic, I guess I'll start. Um, Go ahead. So, like, the, like the, actually watch some YouTube videos so I learn stuff, which is usually verboten, but I didn't know, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's against our, our uh, you know, ethos to plan. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens, you know, in addition to... Like, you know, gas companies wanting to obviously have things that will get them to move forward. Um, Because they very quickly, you know, partnered with government. It's like, hey, I can make the government force a monopoly. I can make the government do eminent domain. Um, Like, a little bit of background, there was this very interesting story about how, like, Standard Oil, which was like, Mm -hmm. there were basically four companies that ran America for, like, half a century. Um, until everyone got really tired of that. It's like, no. Um, so standard more oil... companies running the country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or fewer, just one company. Right, um, yeah, just one large one, exactly. Yeah. Um, because, like, it got to the point where Standard Oil would say, hey, this is a nice uh, oil industry you have in this state or this area. Um, I'd like to offer to buy this out from you. And if you refuse, I'm going to undercut you until you go out of business and then buy you at auction. So what would you like to do? Um, so so that happened a lot. Um, <laughs> so, like, the, th- the thing is, like, if the oil companies didn't have that power, that like, the, the very first thing that would probably happen, um, because America... Um, I think that there would be more electric cars because there are electric cars that like drove faster, not longer um, than gas cars in like, you know, 1890s, early 19th century, uh, early 20th century. So I have a question for you, and I'm curious if this came up in any of your research. Um, Going back to the one of the most predominantly known yet nefarious businessmen and hype men of all time, not an inventor, not a creator, a businessman, and a hype... I would almost say con man. I know who you're talking about already. Thank you. My favorite person, Thomas Edison. If Thomas Edison... Not if. In your YouTubing... Right. Your your verboten YouTubing... Whoa, whoa, whoa. My independent research. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's for for Merca. Yes. Uh, um, In that... Did you find uh, that he was also involved in the oil and um, automobile industries specifically or had some involvement or payola scheme or anything like that? 
So interestingly enough, not that I remember, um, mm -hmm. the closest that he would get, and interestingly enough, I think he'd get more of a leg up uh, on this. Well, he'd at least be involved, um, would be with like, you know, electric vehicles. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if he could step away from electrocuting elephants long enough to get involved. Um, hey, who among us? Yeah, exactly. Who, who among us has electrocuted an elephant in their day? Exactly. You know, you watch Dumbo, you get murderously violent, and you, you know, as you do. As, as one does, absolutely, yes. So I, I asked that because I did see it somewhere an article that I had no idea. So uh, one of my uh, most, I, I found the most intriguing uh, areas around the turn of the century, uh, going into 19th into 20th, is um, all of Tesla's work. And unfortunately, you know, terrible businessman, amazing inventor, yep. amazing mind, uh, unfortunately. Pigeon crazy. enthusiast. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Um, I found this out recently within the past month about, uh, I always knew about his ionic atmospheric free energy, giant yeah. generators, the huge towers everywhere, just pulling energy and then being able to, to distribute wirelessly to each yeah. home. Like, my God, this is amazing. This is incredible. I, I love this. And then using, uh, having, if that invention lived and continued on and carried on, I, I was sort of carrying this along with the whole oil companies not making drilling towns and, and mm -hmm. kind of stifling, um, uh, you know, more uh, economically efficient cities with mass transit. Um, if that existed, I had no idea. Tesla invented an electric car that oh, had yeah. a huge antenna out the back that used the ionic so it energy. Capture. It would capture it and, and deliver energy directly to an engine, to a, to a motor, wow. sorry, not an engine, a motor. Right, because it would be DC. Yeah. It would be DC, it would right to a DC motor, and the car would never run out of gas. It would never do anything. In fact, it had very few moving parts besides the electric motor that would run it on DC uh, electricity there. And the fact, and, and you didn't need a tower to distribute the energy, so you wouldn't need like a series of towers, because... You know, we know DC power doesn't go very far, even if it right. is ionic, yada, yada, yada. I can get into the electronics of this stuff. But because of the conversion that he made, and he, and he had a working model yep. of this car, and the, the first theory was that, Edi that's why I asked about Edison. Did Edison have anything? Because I know he did everything he could to stifle all of his stuff when he refused to sell any right. of his patents to, or any of his uh, technology to Edison, and he just, you know, kept on getting sabotage after sabotage, as Edison did. And the, I believe it was the oil and gas companies that destroyed the, that bought the patents and the rights to those, destroyed them. Here's the conspiracy theory coming out, that they right. destroyed them and then never allowed that to occur because of them wanting to like, hey, we need recurring revenue. It's better that we're in recurring revenue than being able to burn the fuel. Lead the hell out of it. <laughs> right. And burn all this fuel that they have to keep coming back for, hence worth making money the domino effect of them of all the gas companies being huge and creating all of this. So if Tesla succeeded, what if that was the impetus to stifle that? Would Tesla's that one thing, that electric car requiring nothing else but an antenna on the back of it. I'm sure again, Moore's law shrinking and 
you know, right. being able to expand more, uh, eventually would take over, and we'd have cars that look like the cars today. They just run on atmospheric electricity, ionosphere, ionic electricity, whatever. Um, would that have? Do you think that may have stifled it? And then I would love to go and do the. What would it look like today? Is it our right. ut- is it our utopia at that point? <laughs> that we imagine did the oil and gas companies ruin creation <laughs> for us for at least our the past three or four generations? Right. Yeah. So that's that's a really good place to start, and um, it gives like a reason behind why this might have happened. So if you think of it like from a business point of view, right? Um, you want something that you're right, is a recurring revenue stream. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, Tesla liked AC for power distribution uh, on wire, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, Edison liked DC. So having that would be like, he would be out of excuses to argue against it because he likes DC. So if those systems use that, then it would be like a mixture of both. You could transmit power to areas like, you know, towns over AC, convert it to DC, and then mm-hmm. what else do that? Uh, now, around about the same time, we had, we started to get like um, those like Marconi, which was before it was called mm-hmm. radio. Yep. Um, so I can, I can expect like one thing that they would do is basically DRM protect wireless power so that you'd have to be receiving a radio signal and you'd have to be able to decode that radio signal to turn on the, uh, the receiver of the of the DC power. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that's... Damn, that... Mm-hmm. God, our countryside would look so much prettier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just, you'd have some random stocks sticking out of the ground, but, like, we already have that for radio towers. More, more of that. I mean, I, I think with that, you could be able to get away with running wires underground and being able to provide to your own, I mean, well, wirelessly, not even like that. You'd, yes, you'd have the stocks, but yep. you wouldn't have, I, so like I, one of the roads I was driving through today, I just couldn't help but look at the giant mass of huge high tension power transmission towers. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere and they're hideous and they're yeah. what, every hundred feet from each other and they're just... Like, oh, it would look bad with these giant things sticking out of the ground. We have that, and it is bad. And there's wires everywhere. Why? Yeah. Imagine that the world today, if wireless electricity would be allowed to thrive, it would be a completely different ballgame. In order to have that recurring revenue, my God, if people could just team up and put ego aside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of Tesla and Edison being enemies, make them frenemies. Yeah. And I love your that I think that that idea would have been God Rob, why couldn't you have existed a <laughs> hundred and fifty years ago or hundred forty years whatever time uh, ago to say, hey guys, you know what? Hey, let's be friends. Hey Edison, you can buy every house has to buy your DC conversion station. Right. Yeah. Hey Tesla, you can build your your transmission towers in every town, and guess what, Marconi, we're going to use your radio signals. Dude, look at this! Um, the, that's the conglomerate. That's that's the science right there. That yeah. is a fuzz from that darn fellow in my mouth. <laughs> that is. A, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That, thanks, Chewy. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, Disclaimer: Do not eat pillow. 
Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, that old iPod Shuffle warning. Warning: Do not eat iPod Shuffle. No, it's, I didn't know that was on there. Yeah, because it looked like a stick of gum. Yeah, I, I had that one. I yep. love that. I I always joke with people. They ask me my style of music. I'm like, oh, if you ever grabbed my iPod Shuffle back in the day, you'd think I was insane. Yeah, just absolutely insane. A lot of stuff. A lot of weird stuff on that stick of gum. <laughs> yeah it's, it's Sorry, absolutely the derailing. same yeah no problem i mean like we, i've we derailed in 20 minutes that's incredible i yeah. think it might be our best longest time of not de- of derailing a conversation yeah. although <laughs> i i could have gone further with it but but i can't resist this uh speaking of derailing trains yeah. trains yes trains. because running yes. power to trains sucks uh, but with wireless power you would just have like you know substations, and you just have to be within range of them. It would just be relaying the power. That's it. It's a relay substation. That yep. is it. Constantly pulling the same ionic energy, and it's all—it's limitless, isn't it? I mean, because it's ionic, it's in the atmosphere. Right? There's more atmosphere than there is Earth, theoretically. I don't know how I'm measuring that. I'm making a series of assumptions as well. So please don't hate too much on me. Uh, <laughs> There's, it's a big atmosphere. There's a lot of ions up there. <laughs> right. But yes, well, that's, that's that would where be most incredible. of our, that's where the most influx of like, you know, particles come from, you know, cause space goes through the atmosphere. Right. It, it's incredible. I saw, so I was at the subway, uh, waiting for my train and, um, you see the, on the opposite side, uh, whichever the opposite direction is, you see those flaps come down on the third rail. Mm-hmm. To they go up and down every time the train stops, and I was just thinking like, hey, how do they maintain these? Like this, these must wear out like every month, so that's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to replace these things. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we could go into the main t- maintenance of the subway forever, but yeah, that's a totally different tangent that I could just yeah. Anyway, um, the uh, but to have some sort of wireless energy to be able to transmit to these, th- and you could easily do that with substations above ground, transmitting it underground, even wired to a third rail or something like that, or just wirelessly with a conversion on top of the rail mm-hmm. wouldn't take too much headspace. Um, it'd probably create a lot less emissions as well. And a lot less just grossness uh, yeah, <laughs> overall yeah. in these, in these tunnels uh, where uh, you know, everything's running around and sickness is rampant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. systems. Um, but I mean, that also could have like, that could have been another kind of utopic thing to be at end because it's wireless energy, technically unlimited. You could probably almost expand the size and lengths of the trains as well to be able to have them hold more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if that would affect the, that weird arbitrary track length of five foot six or five foot seven inches or whatever it is for the, for the track with, um, yeah, which is not standard. It's not a world standard. It is not a world standard, which is just the most. It's what is it? It's long enough for someone to take a nap. Like a, yeah. it's like long enough for. I think that's what it was like a five foot nine person to be able to have their feet up and their head up on the tracks to be able to take a nap while they were laying the tracks or something like that. No, it's yeah. Romans. No, isn't it? No, it goes back to Romans. Um, well, I like the. Yes, I like the idea though. Um, it's like look. I'm a serial killer, but I want to kill people specifically with trains. So... <laughs> what if trains were invented by a serial killer? Yeah. 
Or like, you know, I know that in like 40 years, psychologists are really going to be into this thing called the trolley problem. And we absolutely need a trolley that is effective. <laughs> now, how do we make the trolley problem work? Oh, five foot seven inch lengths or distance between tracks. Yeah, That's exactly. how you do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. um, so, so we would have electric trains, the, um, the oil and gas companies wouldn't own any of that stuff. And so let's, let's take, so I want to think of a, of a specific area that let's take the, um, suburbs of Boston. All right. Mm-hmm. An area I'm familiar with, um, everything is, you have to drive. Oh yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Right. Everywhere. You'll have to drive almost, unless you're in like, a nice small town where there's like a few things that you need and want and have, and or that's all you really need. There's far and few between. I can honestly say I've lived in one town, one town that everything I ever needed was within walking distance. This our grocery store, uh, mm-hmm. any of the markets, restaurants, entertainment, all within a twenty minute walk. I happen to be there that- right now, so. Right. Yes. Yes. That's. But I live in the town center. Like I'm. I'm like you know like. Right. Five hundred feet from it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right there. So you're in one of those small towns that that's that actually lived in that town. Also, uh, that's the yep. town I'm talking about where everything is easily walkable. Everything you could ever need, easily accessible, easily walkable uh, to get to. Um, where I, where I'm currently living, every you have to drive. Mm-hmm. You have to drive everywhere. There's only uh, there's two grocery stores in the whole town, but they're right next to each other. Make that make sense? Um, yeah, right. Actually, <laughs> I mean, competition not next to each other. They're less than a mile apart. Let's put it like that. Okay. Um, I think, like, still, very three, close. still, still pretty darn close to each other. Um, and the the most recent one that they built, it's there's no way you can walk to it. It is impossible. You have to drive to this location. A, no sidewalks to get there. Uh, and B, it's like through a loop-de-loop and hills and all sorts of crazy shit to get there. So, with this, so Utopia, early 1900s, they're not force, they're not buying the government, they're not pairing with the government. There's competition. They're not trying to make drilling towns. What does it look like to that? What What do you think it looks like back in the very early 1900s? when drilling really hit started hitting its stride and they start hitting all the oil fields in the south southwest and the um uh the adirondacks and the the you know and i'm talking we could also throw like coal mining into this as well in uh, west virginia uh in kentucky uh and what what do we look like if they didn't expand the way they did they were still small companies and do we want to throw in the caveat of this thought experiment of um, Tesla succeeding and partnering with other inventors of the time and not just trying to get all the notoriety for themselves at the turn of the century? Right. So, like, there's there's a few, like, interesting things. Like, somebody did some studies that showed that towns would generally be 10 miles apart from each other because Mm -hmm. that's the general distance that people would feel comfortable moving around in in a day, like walking to work, walking to a friend's house, walking home, things like that. Um, So it feels like our expansion west would be very different 
And mm-hmm. I think that we'd probably follow that pattern a lot more. There, like pl- places wouldn't um, become populated as fast. I think mm-hmm. um, they would basically expand out along rail lines instead of like roads. Mm-hmm. And it feels like because of that, I think that there would be a lot more. Um, like people would be first of all a lot more uh, comfortable commuting uh, by train uh, right well that's true yes yeah and um, yeah there wouldn't be like those like manic rushes for you know like digging on stuff but it could basically the, the, the things could be refocused because we still want to generate electricity we don't really have solar cells so right those fuel right. sources would st- would probably still be dug up um, but the the onus of them would be to generate electricity rather than to be burned directly in engines right okay so yes. they'd still have a lot of power uh, it's just that it, yeah it would be focused on electricity and things that would generate electricity um, wow, that would make a lot more sense. So, but so we'd still be burning coal and oil until we can f- figure out the alternatives, which are a significantly more intricate and technical way of creating energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, photovoltaic, wind turbine. I mean, that's not that difficult. It's kind of you know anyone can build an AC motor yep. um, to generate or yeah AC to generate it. And that's that's not hard. That's yeah, wind is easy. Solar is a little more difficult just because of what you have to do with graphene and graphite and all this other stuff. Right. Um, and we get you know until it becomes mass produced, it's prohibitively expensive. And I can't imagine them having the technology to try and do anything like that in the early 1900s. No. Um, I mean, the technology didn't really come out until what like the 50s or 60s, where they even started messing with it. So. Um, yeah. I think it would get they, adopted uh, faster once it was uh, yes. invented. But yeah. I, I agree. I really think it would. I mean, because. We're already on. If the if we're just focusing on the U.S., the country would have already adopted. Hey, we're all electric all the time. We're not directly burning this fuel. We're just providing the electricity. So you have whether it's you know wireless ionic generation or just a hybrid of you know distribution wirelessly ionically and then having a backup from a physical uh, production facility that burns at that time mm-hmm. coal fuel oil whatever it's burning trash who knows right. during the plague uh, yeah. bodies who knows yeah it's <laughs> fire's fire heat's heat energy's energy uh, <laughs> get wherever yep. you can so let's let's matrix this up and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sorry that brain, that went far left there um yeah. the uh, <laughs> uh but so the, well you've heard the phrase that like they really should have used cows and made it the mootrix because the cows wouldn't fight back oh i mean (laughs) yes but would would oil companies not pushing drilling and teaming with the government create the matrix in the 2000s (laughs) there you go Is that is that what the story, the tale of the Matrix truly is? Tesla and Edison weren't enemies, and because of that, that created the Matrix. Yeah, it <laughs> turns out that you know you just add five humans to your Tesla, and that charges it while you go. 
this is a five bob tesla (laughs) i need five bobs in here for power (laughs) yeah and then you have you know the cyber dave and the uh yeah yes (laughs) i have my model rob (laughs) it runs on one rob one rob gets me 250 miles (laughs) wonderful (laughs) oh god but Where the, were we? I, I got derailed there. Our well, I was trains. Think, yeah. trains. I was thinking so of like the opposite. Like the, the interesting thing is we have um, issues transitioning to electric now. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, um, when if all this power is coming f- for electricity from, you know, um, gas and oil and coal, they're going to be incredibly resistant in this world to alternative energy like wind solar nuclear uh, because mm-hmm. it's a drop-in replacement as far as the cars and everything else all the infrastructure goes all they need is True. electrons they don't care where they get them from right um, ah and interesting so what kind of effect do you think that would have so it it's it feels like we might end up using um like sources, well, it's one uh, one of two things: either we end up using uh, dirty fuel sources for longer, or mm. there's like a massive government push to to switch over and say like you don't um, have any power to stop us from from transitioning over. It's like we're literally passing laws that say you know we're going to be at this level of power from dirty sources at this year, and then it just keeps decreasing until it's mm-hmm. it's all renewables um because yeah i mean th- there wouldn't be any other practical way to do it there would have to be like a groundswell of support outside of the so companies we, to do that so in a democratic world we'd have to hope that it would be more of a liberal policy versus a conservative policy I'm not talking Republican and Democrat. I'm literally talking the doctrines of Republicanism and liberalism. Yeah. And you'd hope that there'd be at least a liberal government to say, we're going to phase out a 5% reduction every year over the next 50 years or 2% or 1%. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? 2% reduction every year for the next 50 years until it's phased out. We phase out until we get clean methodology, be it wind, solar, ocean, volcanic in iceland who knows just yeah, exactly. whatever geothermal everything um which yeah. i would love to do around here but i am surrounded by bedrock oh yeah so, i i have an uh, i i have a, a person here yes person <laughs> hi don't talk what's up oh, okay hi i'm doing a podcast isn't this great yeah all right be gone, child. Be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and they still get subscription fees, so they can't complain too much because as time goes on, there'd be even better ways of making sure that everyone pays their bills. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there could have been such an easier way to go about all of what we have today. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean... Is our subscription fees that we're paying now annoying? Sure, absolutely. But does it makes it makes a lot more sense than getting locked into contracts or paying these wildly variable yep. fees that we're paying? And it may actually increase competition even more and just keep prices low as 
capitalists always say it should go, right? They want to be able to say, hey, it's competition. This is how we keep dry prices down to you know whatever levels that the consumers can go. They can charge whatever they want, but another company comes in. You know, I have Dave Co. that is going to create, uh, here's how I'm getting my electrons. I'm going to do it for now, starting with burning liquid propane or liquid natural mm-hmm. gas, and then I'm going to phase out. And by the way, it's right next to a waterfall and I'm going to have it be turbine powered instead over the next whatever years. And I'm still, you're going to pay a flat fee of mm-hmm. 30 bucks a month because I have all these people and you can subscribe and I'm going to get my electrons to you and they're going to get the Marconi signal yeah. from the radio to turn on and say, all right, here's that signal. Here's your code into your code into your panel. Boom. You have power. And yeah. it just immediately goes like that. Why am I envisioning sort of like a half steampunk half, <laughs> like Blade Runner future in something like that. Like a kind of a cool, like cranky wheel sort of conversion box thing. That's still got like a, like a keypad on it, but there's still a valve and yeah. <laughs> something yeah. else on it. But yeah. then there's neon lights outside as well. That's, that's kind of what I'm envisioning for this like distant future of just letting electric vehicles be the standard versus bur- dirty burning vehicles. Yep. Because, yeah, because as, what do you mean? Yeah, because as part of that, like basically it, that tipping point, like you could you could see theoretically, um, like the the grid network being nationalized, and then you as a provider could just connect to the grid basically at, at any point, and then provide that service. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, like you mentioned, like. Uh, like the, the layout of things there, there are some huge things that could happen. So for example, um, with an expansion of rail like that, um, mm-hmm. just an ease of transport, you, you very quickly lower the barrier of like people. Cause a lot of places for a long time, you're just stuck where you are for the most part. A lot of people couldn't afford cars for decades. Um, right. and, tr- and public transport just went to shit because of it. So if you mm-hmm. have this, um, the whole political climate could be very different. A lot of like views are driven by how many people do I interact with? Do I see the same people every day? Do I see different people? Um, and you and you wouldn't necessarily get the lopsidedness of you know people in one area having certain beliefs and people in other areas having different beliefs because you'd have the ability to just go a bunch of different places. And you might do that for work, right? It, might, it would make it easier potentially to, to move somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because like, you could have moving services by rail. You know, you just you get a bunch of people together, they rent a, a couple, you know, cars, and then off they go to different locations. Um, like political parties might be completely different because back in like, you know, the 20th century, early 20th century, um, there were conservative and liberal people within each party. So there wouldn't be mm-hmm. the polarization necessarily that you get. Ah, uh, true. Yes. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah. well, that, that would be a fun discussion. <laughs> a, why? And B, how do they work together? I would love to know that. Can we bring that today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, different, different conversation for a different day. So, yep. I have a question for you in this scenario, Rob. Who, who is running, who's in charge of running, maintaining, 
and servicing the railroads. So we have rails and towns built off along rails. So it looks like um, the uh, the Nile, right? So the, if you look at the Nile mm-hmm. going down, it's just everything outside the Nile is bl- is dark at night, and then you see all the lights coming down the Nile. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is a similar looking America at this point. So we have east to west, north to south rails all over, right? Railroads blown up, and there's not just one intercontinental railroad. There are several. Are they independent? Are is it a monopoly? Is it a government operation? Who's so, running these things? And is there a standard? Do we have to have a standard? Is government stepping in? What if a town votes, I don't want rail going through here? What if they say, I want a different thing? I want trolleys instead. Like, what is, you know, I'm, I'm curious in your head how that kind of works out. So I th- that's a very good question. Um, what I think happens first is there's going to be a fair amount of uh, parallels with the way things went originally, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was a time when rail was king. So I suspect all that will happen. So it'll start off with some major semi-monopolies having their own rail networks. Uh, There's going to be duplication. And Mm -hmm. then as, and and inconsistencies, incompatibilities. Uh, And then eventually people are going to get tired of this. And the, basically the, the massive outlay of money that built out the U.S. road network uh, mm-hmm. will instead be directed to build out this rail network, um, which means mm-hmm. tracks will be resized. Uh, they'll be standardized. Um, and I think eventually they they might even be nationalized or that they might pull an Amtrak where it's like a quasi-governmental thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of places that have rail networks, um, they're they're either highly regulated, like semi-private companies, uh, or they're nationalized. They just don't consistently function at a good level otherwise. Right. You have and to have some hybridization of it. Exactly. And once we've bought into sense. it, it'll like it'll snowball. What do you think? I think. I mean. I, I think that's probably the way to go. I feel like in this day and age, and maybe I'm a centrist at this, or I'm not sure where I would lean politically on that, but overall I feel like you need a combination of both private and public um, sentiment, thought, and buy-in across the board on it. Mm. Yeah, that's you can't force opinion, it. I agree. You, you can't force it to just be an autocratic, hey, we're doing this, damn it. Like, there's got to be voting on it. There's got to be, hey, we're going to get funds and help from this private company that's going to work hand-in-hand with this public company. And then you get something like an Amtrak that mm-hmm. is hopefully will be improving. And um, uh, I, have you, uh, speaking of rails, have you seen the idea for the, the Canadian-American loop? No. For high-speed no, I rail? I uh, The only high-speed so rail I knew it, about was the... Uh, I must have Canada to Vegas. No, LA to Vegas. LA to Vegas. So this idea, I, I forgot when it was floated. Uh, I read it on a Reddit somewhere. Reddit. <laughs> um, and I, it's oh, now I get it. It's, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, is that what it means? Uh, <laughs> um, it goes from, um, let me see if I can remember this right. Toronto, Detroit, uh, Chicago, then down to Washington, up to New York, 
to Boston, then round to Montreal. Ah, and okay. It's, so it's a loop this way. So it's two tracks, and they go opposite. The, tra- the trains will go opposite each other. But it's super high-speed loop going through. And with if they take the speeds at which the Japanese maglevs Ooh, can get, yeah. then you could get to Montreal from Boston in 55 minutes. That's pretty impressive. You'd be able impressive. to get from Montreal to Toronto in 40 minutes, Toronto to Detroit in th- like 22 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the like, dual track stops the trains from kissing. So. That, well, I mean, you, you, you don't want high speed kissing sounds cool. Um, terrible in practice. Trust me. I went to college in Connecticut. I know what this is about. You can only do it. Once, I have no too. idea what that has to do with it. It's one shot deal. You get one shot to get it right. Uh, and it's uh, it's destructive in the end of the day. Yeah. Although, did you know in the 1800s, they would build spare track put two retired trains on them and smack into each other for entertainment. They'd need to bring that train demolition derby. I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's murka. Blow shit up. Blow shit up. <laughs> yeah. Except that time when they, uh, they, they sat the people too close and like, you know, they, they were fearless people. Yeah. It was, it was a uh, scene from uh, the final destination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Final destination, except if you stood in the road. Uh, right, right, exactly. So, with with the, the thought of private and public entities working together to create this, coming up with the standardization, we're building towns. They, so I'm thinking something like they would have towns that would still have, uh, like it would be great if we had a trolley system, kind of like San Francisco. I don't know if mm-hmm. it needs to be a cable trolley system or self-propelled or whatever. Uh, or like if you go to Australia, to Melbourne, they have this, you know, the above ground trolley system as well. That's got the you know, wires, the electric and the sparkies and all sorts of fun shit like that. Yeah. It's great when it's raining. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, that works. And to have something like that around the town that I live, that would be freaking phenomenal. Bring my reusable bags mm-hmm. down to the grocery store. It's a, it's a six minute drive or an eight minute trolley ride. Cause you have to stop occasionally 10 minute trolley ride at most. Right. Mm-hmm. Hop on and off trolley. It's a town service. So you don't have, you get on and off really fast. Don't need tickets, no gates, no nothing. You just hop on and off kind of like it. Well, I mean, you do have to pay in San Francisco and Australia, but if you had something mm-hmm. like that, that is just the service. Uh, I think, Oh, the path in Jersey city, right? So mm. the path brings you, it's a hop on hop off train. You don't really pay anything for it. It's a free train. It's the service provided by Jersey City. Nice. And that gets you to almost everywhere you need to go around Jersey City. I think it's a freaking brilliant idea, and they need to have that everywhere yeah. in every city to make this work and to have something like that here. But my question to you, did FDR get it wrong by focusing on highways versus focusing on rail? Oh, good question. Um, so I think that um, I think his choice was a forced one. Like it was forced in the direction mm. um, mm-hmm. because there was already a lot of um, car and truck use. And he basically, he wanted an economic engine. And mm-hmm. at that time, um, there were a lot of towns that were in need of that. And, it feels like, and I don't have any evidence to prove this, um, 
but it feels uh, we'll like... We'll make it up anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's the internet. You know, it's, it's what it's for. Uh, hey, it's what Lincoln said. Yeah. Trust everything on the internet. <laughs> Trust everything on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. I think Ben Franklin said something similar, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, ben Franklin said, um, you know, take some air baths. And, yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> and absolutely go to France as much as you can. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. That's true. Yeah. So, um, um, so what I what, yes. what else would happen? Um, what so I think it was well. Back to the, the question you had. I I, I think yeah. that theoretically, given the infrastructure that they had at the time, it might have been. Um, more cost effective to just build out and expand the the system that they already had of roads mm-hmm. um, because the 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 way that I understand it is rail maintenance maybe per mile is more expensive because when you're building out rail uh, yes you have to clear paths just like you would for roads um, mm-hmm. but there are tolerances in the parts. Um, you know the, the the individual parts are more expensive because if you think about it, uh, I found this out recently, like asphalt or ash asphalt or however you say it based on where you. It's very German of you, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was the, like it's it's over nine. I think it's like ninety nine percent effectively recycled. You just melt it and then relay it. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. And you, it's very, it's much harder to melt down uh, wood for the for the rail ties, and uh, especially the metal. That's that's true. Yes, melting wood. That's <laughs> still haven't quite cut the pulse of that one yet. Exactly. <laughs> can we can we melt this wood and recycle? I don't think it works that way. That's uh, unfortunately how carbon is made. But uh... <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh man, that's so. So with so now, I'm curious because if you look at the countries right now with really successful rail systems, mm-hmm. and and I'm thinking, you know, I obviously I got my my gold standard is Japan, mm-hmm. hands down. Like that, they're they're amongst the gold standard for rail. Um, Germany as well is an incredible rail system. Yep, the Netherlands um, is very good. The uh, Netherlands, absolutely. China yep. is definitely getting there too. Yep, actually, I think Sweden had a pretty good one. At least, I'm, from what I recall, they I think they had a really good one when uh, I was there 20 years ago, and I think it's only improved. Hmm. How are they? And, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. I know I don't know the answer to this. Hence, I want to ask the question. Uh, I mean, what? How do they keep such an efficient, high-running, high-standard system with the added expense of trying to maintain these uh, these rails that get beaten up by a train that, you know, it takes half a second at 200 miles an hour to exert insane tonnage of pressure on that one square inch of rail that's going to 
affect the rail, affect the spike holding it in place, affect the locking mechanism holding it under the tie that's going to affect the rock, that's going to affect the bedding underneath, that could maybe get washed away by a, a huge flood that might come down the, you know, from right. uh, El Nino that's happening right now because it's raining like crazy and it's 60 degrees outside in December up in the Northeast. Right. So, Right. So, so like how like what what did they do to maintain this and keep it at such a high level other than just being German and Japanese and have exceedingly high right. standards of things over Americans? Right. So that's that's a great question. And um, it's going to sound like a cop out, but I'll explain it. Um, yeah, it's definitely the, I think it's two things. It's uh, cultural and buy in. And they're very mm-hmm. closely related. So um there's in in a lot of places there is a more cohesive kind of cooperative structure to the societies like that um, mm-hmm. that there's a feeling that benefiting others benefits you because the more people that you benefit the more likely you're to be one of the people benefiting i don't understand <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Are you talking about like working, like like helping other people? Helping them is helping me. Yeah, is it's, that what you're telling me? It's such a weird concept because that's I mean, not a thing. I mean, the, the the dream of every human is to own one acre of land or hundreds of acres of land, have one little house on it, yeah, fifty guns, and make sure that nobody can get within walking distance of you. See, like, now you're talking my language, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm done with the bad Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah, yeah. That was terrible. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, if you, if you go any further, you might drive Gizmodo out of business. Um. <laughs> so are so you're saying that it's it's cultural, it's it's buy-in because they believe what's good for the goose is good for the gander all the way around. Helps me, helps them, helps me. Instead right. of what helps me, helps you. Yeah, because the uh, buy-in so happens the after the initial idea because um, once you have something, taking it away is very difficult and you want it to keep working. Um, you know, it's the same reason why people would, would not want to give up um, flying. Like, we have mm. it. It's very convenient. Uh, and losing that is seen as, like, um, like, you know, a loss of basic functionality. So right. those places keep those things uh, functioning because the desire for it is so high. Um, like take the UK. It's a very interesting example because, you know, they had public transit for decades. Uh, it was publicly owned. And then they tried to privatize it. Things went so poorly. that it was like, we absolutely need to undo this crap. And they've been in the process of undoing that crap for like decades uh, mm-hmm. because they realized this is a, this is a, a damn nightmare because at one point a, another podcast i listened to it's basically there's 10 private companies they all fight for rail access uh and then you end up with you know miscommunications and delays and everything because everyone's you know fighting each other for that service for that area mm-hmm. uh, and, and nobody wins so that's another thing that is surprisingly common in some countries is that mistakes are learned from <laughs> wait, you don't just keep making the same mistakes over and over again? Exactly. It's like, where's the nostalgia? You can't enjoy screwing up again. 
But that's what we like live for. That's that's the American dream. One yes. acre, no, sorry, a hundred acres, fifty guns, tiny house. Yes, exactly. Nobody else around, and um, just continually making massive mistakes, the same mistakes over and over and over again. That exactly because if your I'm life sure was in the Constitution, sh- exactly if your life was shit, your kid's life has to be shit too. That's the way it works. The way it works is we're all America's nothing but a hazing fraternity. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's it. Hey, I had it rough coming in here. You're gonna have it rough too, boy. Yep. I like how I just everybody comes down to some like weird Hulk Hogan amalgamation with no teeth and overalls, <laughs> high in the Adirondacks. Yeah, we need to replace Uncle Sam with that if we're gonna be accurate. Right. I want you to suffer immensely. <laughs> Join the army. <laughs> yep. You'll find a lot of uh, army guys will say that. Oh, it's a Navy guys too. I saw a whole bunch of them yesterday or Saturday. The Army Navy game. Oh. So, that that makes well, sense. Well, I wasn't at the I wasn't at the Army Navy game. I was at a hotel that was housing people going to the Army Navy game. Ah, so, okay. I'm sure it was very quiet and peaceful. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was. Oh, there were people. Who, there were people who were actually being quite like they were obviously segregated out. There was a lot of green in one area and a lot of blue in right. the other area. Right. Um, but there's, there's this one older lady, <laughs> and she's walking around with like her plate of food from the hotel buffet, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, I can't sit with you. You're wearing green for army." And, <laughs> and oh, may I sit with you? You're navy people. <laughs> yep. I mean that's fine. Although I did, uh, I, I do have to put it this one little side note of what happened when um, uh, I came back. So I was I was staying at a hotel for a company party and being responsible, mm-hmm. not drinking and driving. So my wife and I were uh, we come back and it's uh, hotel bar is closing down. There's a group of four uh, army supporters over in the corner because yep. uh, they were all wearing green and you know go army stuff like that. Cool, great, I love it. Support the branches. I'm I'm more of a navy guy just for my family side of things, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, but uh, they come in and I said, hey, was, is there time for one last drink, you know, after last call there? Uh, and the uh, the bartender said, yeah, I can make something real quick. What do you want? I said, I'll just make me a quick gin and tonic, mm-hmm. one for me, one for my wife, and we'll be done. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And the guys at the end were joking. They said, hey, uh, you can only have it if you answer this question. Who was the greatest athlete of your generation? And I said, oh, that's easy. It's Michael Jordan. There's no question, hands down. It's 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 Michael Jordan. You you can't you can't. In my opinion, obviously, it's just my opinion. That's, but you can't argue. It's, that's a it's solid MJ. answer. Yeah. Right. I would. And as then, a second, was, I would choose Wayne Gretzky. Uh, yes, I, that was actually my. I was going to say Gretzky is my second. I was almost going to go Bird, but Bird's not my generation. It's more my dad's generation. So right. Or like it's the sort of the in between. But I'd say yeah, it's definitely for me. I would say yeah, MJ first, um, Gretzky second for sure, D- no question. Yeah. Um, and so the guy when I said that, the guy goes, "Yes, you're right." And then some guy turns and he looks at me, he goes, "Ah, you're full of it. What about Babe Ruth?" And I looked at him and said, "Ah." And I said, I thought it was my generation. How old are you? <laughs> are you 160 years old? <laughs> um, sir, I don't understand. Like, you you look great for 120. I got to say, <laughs> you look really, really good. Because uh, I'm pretty sure Babe wasn't anyone's generation of anybody in this hotel. Yeah. Pretty sure that's the truth. 
Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> anyway, like, that was my that was my funny note of the weekend. Oh, uh, that's amazing. It's like, you know, no, no, no. My mine is uh is Claudius Maximus, whatever the hell the guy is from Gladiator. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually <laughs> immortal. <laughs> have you ever seen Aurelius in the pits with a tiger? <laughs> you have not. You do not know athleticism. <laughs> so you see a man net and trident. Yeah, back that's in my. Fine. Back in my day, in the, my second, day. The, the, the other team did not leave the field. At least not in one piece. <laughs> Two teams entered. <laughs> it was just, just pure Thunderdome. Yeah. Well, it, no, it's like, this is a weird thought. Oh, this might be another, this might be another idea. Uh, yeah, write it down. Yeah. Uh, what <laughs> if... I'm thinking of the. There's a movie called The Last Boy Scout. Oh yes, yeah. One of the it, greatest deaths in the history. Yes, is in The Last Boy Scout, hands down. Yes. So uh, there's there's a new topic that's on the list. We'll we'll maybe get to that someday. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to have to censor it, so I'm not going to say it out loud. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> so um, so yeah. I, so there was one other thing that. I think this maybe made me think of this in the first place. Um, yeah. Because have you heard of the history of, like, why freeway overpasses are where they are? Or bypasses? Uh, no. No, I have not. So, um, when, whenever somebody says, hey, X is racist, everyone rolls their eyes and goes, what the heck are you talking about? Um, okay, yeah. But there, there were literally, like, parts of suburbs and towns and cities there was like oh um we don't like this group of people we're going to tear down their entire area by eminent domain and put in a bypass or an overpass oh okay i got it so we're talking about uh, so this is sort of like the pete Buttigieg, uh like the conservatives arguing with him when he says highways are racist exactly got um, it yes although, and they are 100 percent. yes <laughs> Sorry, Although I, I I like the idea of them misunderstanding it in a very specific way, like <laughs> like wait does does the highway have like a, f- a certain flag on it? To... <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, they they think that that argument is where uh, what, what's it called when you uh, give human traits to inanimate objects? Um, personification. Personification. You meant you were personifying a highway, and. I mean, yeah. Yes, we're very imaginative. It's it's all the marijuana. It's yes. all it's all the marijuana we're smoking to yeah. say that man that highway. Look at that! It's just sitting there with a Confederate flag, <laughs> you know, mean. <laughs> just, you know, I didn't I didn't know that uh, you could put a white hood on a, uh, an overpass, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's oh. strange. Whenever I drive on this highway, it always forces me off at this exit. I don't understand. God. Honestly, it, it's... it's. I I know... They th- I, okay, I'm going to get a different tangent here. But, yes, I have heard this. I, I have, I've heard this uh, theory uh, quite a bit, actually, now Now that you, you rang a bell in my head. Yeah. So, so uh, yes, I have heard this argument, and, and I agree. I, I think that, yes, there is definitely a lot of systematic racism in the development of uh, highway systems. Yeah. And road, and just general road and transportation car uh, systems. And railroad, too. I mean, the, the term wrong side of the tracks. Right. Personifies, person, <laughs> personifies 
this theme right here that you were on the wrong side. Therefore, you put a dividing line there. Why is that dividing line there? Was it in this? I'm sure this is probably a chicken and egg argument, but Mm -hmm. was the bad element there before the railroad went through? And then they're like, well, we just need a firm dividing line, or did it come in afterward? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, there's some interesting things around that because when you think of like wrong side of the tracks, you also think of like crime and stuff. Um, But here's a weird fact from like a long video that I watched. I'll I'll get around to the topic again. (laughs) But when do you think the last chattel slave was freed in the U.S.? Like pick a year. Or a decade if you want to be. Wasn't it the 60s? 1960s or something like that? You're actually not far off. It was like 1944. It was in the 40s for certain. And it was because it's still, it's still legal to have slaves in the U S if they are prisoners. And the last one was like, they, they consider that the last one because up until then you could lease out people to work at companies. Right. Yeah. Um, So (sighs) yeah. So just, just weirdness all around. But um, the interesting thing about having rail instead of highways is you don't have the massive throughput of individual vehicles, so you don't have to have massive overpasses, and like the the amount of places dedicated to like you know car traffic would be severely reduced. So you wouldn't necessarily see the destruction of those cities. At worst, you just see not rail service to them, so they'd still mm-hmm. exist. Uh, right, but you just not have rail service at all exactly and i would think that because people would still exist there that it would only be a matter of time before they got rail anyway because in at the end of the day everyone wants labor they need people to do jobs uh and you i think you would get a reasonable level of uh of rail access there Mm -hmm. well you'd, you'd think that right You'd think people want to commute in. You'd think the people, the companies, would invest or at least advocate for or push um, rail service to other areas for that labor that they're looking for, right? Right. I give you Boston as yeah. an example of why it's not happening. How many rail? Uh, any any Boston subway, any T station, go through Dorchester, Mattapan. Go through any uh, any of those areas that where are sort of considered not not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking back in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, like the bad parts of Boston. I throw lots of quotes in the air around that for people who, you know because we're not doing video right now. Right, there's a lot of air quotes here. So yep. the bad parts. By the way, I've been to those parts uh, even as a kid. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're great people. Are, I loved everyone there. They're awesome. Uh, yeah. Some of my best friends growing up in high school lived in those areas. They're just great guys. Still talk to them today. Uh, but uh, there has not until recently been pushes to extend and get new lines going there because you get the only way to get into Boston from mm-hmm. any of those areas is by limited bus when you're hampered with traffic of all the major highways. And we know everyone knows how shitty boston traffic is yes yeah and we all 
We all know about it. We've heard it, read about it, seen it in all the national rankings, yada, 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 some of the worst traffic in the world mm-hmm. in Boston. Totally. And yet, for all this clamoring and need of labor that you're hearing about, we're at 4%. We're basically employed. The country is employed. Right oh, yeah. Now, right? We're at 4 we're at four percent uh, uh, unemployment, and, and and all you see are people hiring everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and we're always, everyone's screaming that nobody wants to work anymore. Well, how about we get public transportation in areas where a lot of people would do a hell of a lot better if they had good rail access to yep. jobs in the city, right? Yep. Crazy thought, I know, but and only recently. And I'm talking like in the past 10 years has that been spoken about and extensions finally planned, but they're not going to be done for another, God, 20 years probably. It's true. Uh, until it's finished. Uh, I don't even know if they're, I don't know what the plans are at this moment, but it is, uh, it, to me, it was one of those, like, that's a prime example of, of um, institutional uh, racism. Uh, systematic racism quite literally uh yeah. when you look at Un- unthinking uh, it just there yeah, yeah. exactly uh th- that's it I, I don't i i said i don't know if anyone some people may have done it intentionally when planning this uh or unintentionally as uh by accident and just like i'm just not thinking about those areas these are the areas we need to serve mm-hmm. how about you serve the people that could really use the service yeah exactly but and this goes back to my, his... my... Mm-hmm. yeah to add on to that um when cars became more popular they actually ripped out uh light rail service and and trolleys in a lot of places so if they just left that alone in a lot of places we'd have more service than Mm -hmm. we do now yeah all service all access give people the service give people the access and you know what they're gonna do well when what what is it rising tide rises uh, you know right what is it rising tide Tide floats all boats boats. Something like that, yeah. A rising tide sinks all boats. You got it. <laughs> Only in Hurricane Sandy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I only know because that affected my family. Uh, oh, the, uh, yeah. The, the the boats basically barreling down the rivers in New Jersey and taking out other boats. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a rising tide floats all boats i think something like that it's it's and lifts you, but yeah you you, you basically thank got you, it lifts. God damn it. <laughs> I can't a rising tide levitates all boats <laughs> there we go it's 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 all that the electrical boats uh, you know the, no, it's just it's just like all comes all the way back around your electric boat <laughs> yes that's that's something that i was like briefly going to touch on um yeah because there was actually one other big thing i was thinking of because of all yeah. this but um I don't see boats um, electrifying anywhere nearly as fast as any other mode of transport or planes. Yes. Because in those cases, yeah. you um, you lose cargo space on boats. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And um, you, you lose a lot of distance on planes because your plane doesn't get lighter as you fly. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's always a problem. Um, and I don't think anyone would appreciate people parachuting batteries out of the back of planes. It's like, well, that battery's done. <laughs> And just like, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I can see that. Just, uh, oh, watch out, Billy! It's battery drop day. Yeah. And, uh, Although, ah. the, can you, the, the fun part of that is no chemtrail theories. That is true. That's true. You would not have chemtrail theories at that point. And the nice part is, we are not demonetized because we are not monetized. So we can say that. <laughs> that is... Yeah. And by the way, chemtrails Yay. are not real for anyone listening. 
You're gonna blow us up, Rob. You're gonna blow yeah. us up, man. Although I would like the conspiracies <laughs> of like what the batteries are. That would be very funny. It's oh, like no, no, no. Man. They're releasing wild badgers to control the dog population. <laughs> oh, have you seen the badgers? They bother me. The badgers really bother me. Yeah. Although there was some animal that they. I think they had they airdropped like a whole bunch of peanut butter into areas because they're that had like a rabies vaccine to prevent some animal in the area from getting rabies. Oh yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. I wonder if it was good. I like peanut butter. Yeah, I wonder what kind. Like do 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 it well then was like smooth. chunky? That's true. Oh, uh, you know what? No, prob- no, actually no, I think chunky would make sense just cuz they like crunching on, you know, you think of the Various wild animals, the crunching yeah. things, uh, bears like like nuts. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I know dogs and coyotes probably. So yeah, everybody, yep. everybody likes peanut butter unless you're deathly allergic to it. And uh, so at that yeah. point, it's a different story for a different day. Yeah, and uh, this is not medical advice, but uh, if you have a young kid, it's better to expose them to things normally earlier so that they don't get deathly allergies, or mm-hmm. you know like. Because people who, like, bleach everything before they give it to their kid, they end up having, like, all these allergies because they're just never exposed to anything. Right, um, yeah. Again, not medical advice. Uh, surprisingly, Thank neither you. of us are doctors. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm good to go. Yeah, I always wondered if the, if there was, like, a transitive property of that. Like, like you might get, like, a, a Master's at a Holiday Inn Express, but you get, like, you know, a PhD at a Hilton... And, uh... <laughs> I got my I got my doctorate at a Marriott at a residence in. And... <laughs> yeah, I just I just stole it from the graduation party. It was great. <laughs> I just ran like I'm a doctor now. Doctor of what? Hotels. I don't know. Oh God, can you? Oh, that's another topic. Um... <laughs> oh Lordy, what, what rabbit hole are we going down? Next time. All right. You know, if someone that is that is perfect headwear. That, Thank you. So it's a, that that guarantees that at some point we have to make this a video thing. I'm uh, sure we will at some point. Yes. Yeah. This will be my gimmick. I was toying around with the idea of making a Twitch channel, um, but I don't think we're I... good enough to f it do it live yet. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Definitely not. No, we'll yeah. we'll get there one day. So yeah, definitely after this, you should check it out because I think these are some very fun topics for the future. All right, uh, I'll definitely take a look. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah. Um, so I won't talk about that more because they'll ruin it. So the other thing that I was thinking of with this is we talk specifically about power of these like types of companies in the U.S. So mm-hmm. if we were, if we were freed from that, um, like what would geopolitics look like? Would mm. other countries follow suit and not have cars? Because we were such a mass um, consumer of that, that like other countries saw that. And, like the Netherlands, which is known for bicycle and everything, they tried yeah. to go all cars a, a while ago. And it's like, this sucks. <laughs> like, this has problems. <laughs> um, so there's that. But there's also like, would we want to import fuels in the way that we do? Like, my gut Ooh. says maybe we would, um, mm-hmm. but if we were able to diversify our sources of uh, power, 
right? That whole idea of you don't care what you're getting, you can just swap in any source of energy. Um, maybe we wouldn't. And all the problems that we have with geopolitics with countries that have those resources, um, I think we'd have a lot less interest in them because we yeah, wouldn't probably. want that supply. We wouldn't really care. So are you, uh, I'm big picturing this, are you saying if if we went forward with this and the oil companies didn't have all their uh, energy and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. or the energy and their power and their influence on the world, mm-hmm. modeling things for the world, different countries either, so I, would they adopt our methodologies of the current, uh, so let's say, that doesn't happen back in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. We're electrified now. More rail, more access. Ta- thriving towns. Things are going great. Nothing. Hopefully, no, nothing's being too driven into the ground. Mm-hmm. Would would we be still meddling in geopolitics, or would the countries right. want to go their own way and come up with their own solutions? Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of a lot of like, well, U.S. foreign policy or any foreign policy by, by most countries is power to get the things that we want. Uh, right. So if the things that we want change, the places that we're interested in change. Uh, mm-hmm. And if we can get most of the things that we want internally, right, especially with renewables, um, you know, we, we might end up being more isolationist. Um, right, right, and and our interests would actually be, I think, in a more uh, ephemeral way, because uh, like it's possible that we become a uh, a service and uh, like intellectual property economy, maybe sooner because we'd solve these other problems sooner. Um, mm. So our interests would be like enforcing copyrights and patents <laughs> instead of fighting for land and sea and oil drilling spots yeah exactly oh i like that thought my god that would be that would be incredible more intellectual fighting versus more physical and actual fighting yeah exactly less war less so uh, so we're blaming war on oil companies i mean a fair amount of them i i I think a good a good portion of them yeah i'd either go religion or oil companies at that point yeah. Uh, so little column A, little column B. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And which <laughs> makes you, which makes you wonder, like, because the the one thing that for the for the longest time, and still in a lot of places, um, fossil fuels and therefore things that run on fossil fuels uh, had was was flexibility. So mm-hmm. would our uh, ability to fight wars be impacted? Oh. By that? Because we'd have to rely, we wouldn't have the infrastructure in a foreign country, right, to, to tap into. So would oh. we have specialized industry just for that? A literal, <laughs> the actual war industry. Yep. Oh, I don't even know how that would, that broke me. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how that would work. That broke me. I cannot imagine our military outside of the Navy. Mm-hmm. Cause we have nuclear subs and nuclear carriers. Precisely. Well, a nuclear exactly. carrier. Yeah. Yeah. A nuclear carrier. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine them 
any of them running without carbon or you know diesel or, or gasoline. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine jet fuel, gasoline, and diesel. How do you run it? Like, I so would that invent new war machines? Are they electrified? Do you have portable transmission towers? Does that make it easier for the enemy to take it out? What's your? Ooh, that's a whole different topic for a whole different podcast. If we had tried to electrify the army or the military, what does that look yeah. like? There you go. Write that one down. Hey, what I, if we I electrified? Like that. <laughs> that one I would need to work on. Oh my god, that that's some research. Yeah, that's I, that's quite I a good can. one. Although I will give you a little taste of that. We are working yeah. on uh I don't know if it's a hybrid or if it's like a pure EV uh M1 Abrams. Like they're oh, already really? working on that. Yeah. Oh my god, a quiet M1 Abrams. Yeah. Cool stealth stealth tank. Can you just yeah. imagine? It's like why are those trees falling over? Oh right, shit. I just... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh my god, that'd be incredible. Well, that you know what though, the other side is just gonna say, oh, this is the military going woke again." <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you electrify my tank? Although I love the <laughs> idea of people thinking that an M1 Abrams is like a leftist vehicle. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Damn woke tanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> All right. I think I need to end it there. I need to start making dinner, and I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. We've been talking um, a long time. Because uh, I, I know that when we do the the, the electric tanks um, thing, yeah. I know exactly what the title is going to be, so I'm going to add that. Okay. There we go. So, uh, yeah, so I guess it's time for the outro. Uh, We'll do this pretty fast, you know, because, yes, I definitely did take uh, a a fair amount of your time today. So thank you again. That's all good. You got it. No, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. Um, (laughs) And uh, we might have, in the the interim, uh, an even third host, which uh, I've met on the Internet. So we get some variety, too. That'd be Um, awesome. Bring them on, everybody. Come one, come all. So um, as we as we do, we uh, we like to shout out uh, podcasts at least for now that uh, mm-hmm. are are more practiced, um, more more capable, uh, but you know maybe not quite as funny as us. I think we did a good job today. Um, so for this one, uh, this is actually not a spinoff, but there's a lot of um, like overlap in design and thought. Uh, between the one that I already mentioned and I kid you not it is one of the funniest titles I've seen for a podcast uh, have you ever heard of CFIT C-F-I-T with relation to planes no I have so not it stands for controlled flight into terrain it means that the plane was fine the pilot just didn't know what they were doing and fucking buried it uh, yeah loved it what? love it that's awesome so, I gotta check that out so that's not the that's actually not the name of the podcast. The name of the okay. podcast is Controlled Pod into Terrain and it's about air crash accidents. Oh god, that sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. And it I'll they use an AI to my list. I'm pretty sure they use an AI image generator to make the artwork and it's literally a mm-hmm. giant uh like mic stand with mic attached just plowing into a mountain. 
Oh, I love it. Thank you, AI Art. You're yes. Giving all our wildest dreams reality. It's great. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I've not been on the podcast kick lately, but I do want to uh, plug something that I've been reading my neighbor turned me on to, been listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, I bought this one specifically through Audible recently. Um, uh, it's called a, it's a book series called Dungeon Crawler Carl. It is a role-playing game, uh, RPG-style uh, audiobook. Uh, many different characters, uh, and if you like any kind of um, Dungeons and Dragons or Magic: The Gathering or any kind of super huge nerd uh, kind of uh, a gaming like that, mm-hmm. this, these audiobooks are freaking hysterical and uh, great because it really does a great job of melding the world of RPG gaming and storytelling with some <laughs> pretty darn funny things like talking cats uh, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, hysterical uh, ghouls and gremlins that are trying to hit on a guy who only has a pair of boxer shorts on, and that is all he has for his... Uh, <laughs> and he's the main narrator uh, as well. So uh, it, it's, it takes... It puts um, uh, s- galactic and celestial politics on display if such a thing exists. Nice. And it is hysterical to find uh, someone who has thought of an idea that um, the not just the world but the universe is just still one big capitalistic hellhole there you go pretty freaking funny uh they have a great take on it and some ridiculous things going on as well um the the magic boxer shorts are uh, pretty (laughs) as well so uh but uh yes uh so dungeon crawler carl uh they're quick listens i think they're like 10 hours each there it's not a lot but uh it's a, it's it's worth a credit uh, if you're subscribed to Audible, so uh, so go oh, for nice, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll plug the big one for now, cool. <laughs> and I'll get back on the podcast kick for next time. Nice, yeah, I I, I have a long list, so we're we'll be good to go for a while. All uh, right, all right. So yeah, the only thing left to say is uh, I decided to make an email address to go with the podcast that people can actually use. Ooh. Yeah, so you're if people. So fancy. I know it's like everyone else has one. It's like I'm, I, I'm not going to use a personal one. I'm not going to put it on my phone, uh, but I'll check it every now and then. And uh, there's, you know, like I said, there's a handful of people that are in countries that I've never been to or know any from. So someone's listening. Um, so if you do want to <laughs> send you. us an email, yes, thank you very much. Um, and if you do want to send us uh, thoughts uh, or suggestions or, well, not, well, you can complain too if you want. Um, I'll complain because I had to use a very weird uh, email because all the ones that would normally use were taken. So mm-hmm. our email is that.hypotheticals.podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, the was taken, just hypothetical podcast was taken. That. Yes. Oh, it's that <gasps> one. Yeah. That one. It's, is it that one? It's that one. Is it that one? It's that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right. so, well, uh, thank you. Well, thank you for all the listeners from everywhere. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, you'll be you'll be hearing from me a lot more for better or worse. That is completely up to you. Yes, we we have hopefully undone the curse, like we said. Um, Hope so. Yeah. So thanks for listening, and uh, have a good time, unit.